Hello, we're Ina and Effie, and welcome to The Scoop, the podcast where we talk about what happened this week in the world of K-pop, K-drama, and more. This week's episode, we'll be talking about Icon's car crash scandal, ATS's cultural appropriation scandal, and more. So come chill with us, and let's get into The Scoop. So, let's get started in this week's comebacks. We have a lot of comebacks here. We got G-Friend, Alexa, SF9, etc. So let's get started. Um, G-Friend, Apple. Interesting change in concept. What do you think? Bop or flop? I think that was a bop. Um, I was concerned, and I didn't like the song at first, let me be completely honest. But I think it's like a nice change of concept. It's a little bit different. And yeah, it's, it wasn't bad. It was actually really good. I agree, yeah. It was an interesting concept. I know last episode we kind of bashed Big Hit's change in G-Friend. I'm still uneasy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I don't. This doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> the compact does give me Girls' Day vibes. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh, I love Girls' Day. One of the best. Like I guess old time girl groups. Now that it's 2020, I guess. I guess they're old timey. Not really, but they're like first gen or second gen K-pop, weren't they? Second gen, I think. Yeah, second yeah. gen. Second gen. They definitely mm-hmm. weren't first gen. Never mind. But one of my favorite groups. So, I agree. It's pretty good. I loved it. So, next one, One the Nine, Bad Guy. I'm not sure if you listened to that one or not. I listened to it, and it it wasn't a bad song. I, I would just say it's an or, because, like, I don't know. Like, the song just felt like one tone, kind of, like, the. it was just... It never was really dynamic. There was no, like, change in, like, mood shifts and, like, beat or anything. So, like, to me, it was kind of boring, almost. Like, Mm -hmm. I liked the vibe. It was kind of chill. But then, I don't know. It just didn't really stand out in any great way. I think it was a safe song. Because, like, uh, One the Nine, they aren't as... They hadn't... It's been a while since they've had a comeback. And it's similar to... Yeah, they're, like, a... Under 19, that... I think so. I think so. Yeah. So it's been a while since they've had a comeback, and it might be their last comeback. Their first comeback was so good. I was so sad to see this one. Anyways. Yeah. So I think they're just playing it safe based on um, how like their long wait was. I'm not entirely sure, but I kind of liked it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, How about Alexa's villain? I mean, this was her pre-release single, so I'm like, just like Blackpink, I'm holding out hope that the actual release will be better. But in my opinion, it just didn't really float work as a song, if that makes sense. Like, just the vibe of the song felt really kind of off and almost awkward at points. And like, I don't know, like some of her music like really hits well, like Do or Die, whatnot. But at this t- like this point, this song was just really kind of a flop to be completely honest because just the lyrics the korean and the english just didn't work together in a way that like felt like it flowed or felt that was logical and that was my main problem along with the beat being kind of not really fitting with the with the vocals of the song if that makes sense i don't know i just thought it would be a lot more high energy and it kind of was just like meh (laughs) to me I liked it at first, but when I listened to it again, I'm like, where was, yeah, like, 
it wasn't that great as I thought it was because I, I don't really listen to Alexa much, mm-hmm. but I know her sound, and it it sticks to her sound. I don't know. It's just not my style. Yeah, I think it was it was just a it just didn't come together as a cohesive song if that makes sense like mm-hmm. the lyrics by themselves might be good um like the vocals by themselves might be good the beat by itself might be good but together it just didn't work mm-hmm. um so do you know the rookie boy group named two like t-o-o yeah 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 they recently made a comeback right after road to kingdom your mm-hmm. thoughts on their comeback what was the name of that again? I feel like I, I know what you're like talking about. Count one, two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I didn't like it. <laughs> it, it was a flop. Okay. Um, when I say this, I've never listened to any. I've listened to like maybe one of their songs briefly, but not like extensively. I just. It was just kind of generic for me. Kind of too cutesy almost. Okay. I. I. I totally agree. It's like. It seems generic to me because I don't really like that type of sound, that type of music. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess objectively it's a good song. I just don't normally like listen to this on a basis, regular yeah, basis. I'm, it's just maybe not our like preferences as far as like our listening preferences go. Yeah. Because I don't really like that type of sound, but it's okay. So, next underrated group, um, Pink Fantasy. Uh, they have a, I guess, a unit debut with Shadowplay. Oh, that was a unit. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've, I've watched one of their music videos before. I remember when I was like looking at their most recent one, I like went back and watched one of their old ones. The song was okay. I think it's more like an or. It's just, good for a small company. Yeah. I just thought like their past stuff was a bit better, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. Like a lot of their past stuff is pretty good with the horror concept. Mm-hmm. And I really like they have a sense of mystery, especially with one of the members. Like, you don't really know what said member looks like. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty interesting concept. Um, next, SF9, Summer Breeze, Bop or Flop? It, I'm going to say it was a bop, but I did not, like, really, like, jam to it, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. it's a good song, objectively. I just don't... I just wouldn't listen to it again, because, like not my type of like mood nowadays i don't know but it was a good summer song like it was really upbeat i like the music video a lot of guns but that's like okay then i I really liked the song i think the bop and the music really fit with the music video it's like this whole wild west theme yeah. yeah but with like a modern twist it's pretty interesting uh okay next one I don't know if you heard of Weekly. They made their debut recently oh, with yeah. Tag Me. I was really tempted to not like the song because of just like how cutesy it was at first, but mm-hmm. it's a good song. I really like it. I it think is. It's a it gives me Priston vibes. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Then EXO, SC, Sehun oh. and Chanyo. One billion views. They released a song called Telephone right before this one, yeah. I think. I'm not sure if it was called like a pre-release single or whatever. I guess that's becoming a new like kind of fad in the K-pop industry. But um, it sounded just like that. I just feel like it was just the same as Telephone. I don't know. It was groovy, kind of. It wasn't necessarily a flop, but it just didn't really hit. 
you know it mm. sounded the same as telephone the same like kind of like low-key groovy funky vibes and i was like okay not a bad song i just don't perf- i just don't think it's like wow this is an amazing song yeah i agree like i can listen to the song depending on my mood but i don't know the releases haven't been really that it didn't really hit with me okay last one Dreamcatcher, rose blue it's not really a comeback but it's a project with a video game company but yeah also included yeah. um bop or flop it's it sounded like like just really Dreamcatcher style which is like of course you know but i swear it sounds just like another one of their songs i can't put my finger on it but anyways it was a good song i don't think it was a bad song i just think it was like generic you know i really was hoping for something like really cool but it just came off as like maybe an anime ost or something you know mm-hmm. i think it's a bob and like on in all consideration it's not a comeback like let's yeah, be yeah. real it's just it was made like, for to go with a video game so yeah the music video is pretty interesting though i'll i'll give props to that and, oh yeah mm-hmm. but i think it's a pretty good song in all things considered now that ends our comeback section, let's move on to our weekly news. So let's get started with our first piece of news, AT's cultural appropriation scandal. So AT's is actually making a comeback soon, and on one of the teaser photos, one of the members was shown wearing cornrows, which is a hairstyle taken from black culture. So what are your thoughts on said scandal? As someone who identifies as black, um, I don't really see the problem with it. And like, there is debate within like the black community, of course, like what's appro- appropriation, what's appreciation as far as cultural styles and other things go. But in my opinion, just so much of K-pop has been based off of either black artists, like black music, black style, like clothing style and black hairstyle, that it's hard to just draw a line and say, that's not good, you know, because in the end, if you look at everything that K-pop artists have taken from black culture, it ends up becoming a lot of the industry, a lot of the things we consume. So I think people should be careful to be like, oh no, this is wrong, this is really bad, because in my opinion, cultural appropriation is taking something and using it in the wrong sense without knowing like the cultural roots behind it and in my opinion i know this varies from person to person unless they're using it in a way to mock to mock the style or to mock black culture i think that is okay i think it's a form of appreciation over appropriation because it let me just use an example so many k-pop artists especially like the hip-hop leaning ones like use dreads and like black kind of clothing styles you know in their music on a daily basis and as long as it's not used in a way to mock black people or black culture i don't think it's a problem i think that maybe because of the current climate with black lives matter it is a more sensitive issue but i definitely think that it's not something that we should be like boycott AATs for because so many groups have benefited from the black community as far as their music style and whatnot. I just don't see why it's such a big deal. I mean, some people vary on opinions, but I think that this may just be because of the inflammatory nature of these times. And also not to mention cornrows and other black styles have, are just notoriously um, used in other forms of media too, as far as like even rap music, there is white rappers that that wear those styles and whatnot. 
I lost my train of thought for a second, but um, also we should really look at um, the, uh, the actual racism in K-pop, if that makes sense. Because a lot of people are like, this is racist. We know that there's race problems in the K-pop industry, they're clear, but maybe we should focus on the fact that dark of colorism in the K-pop industry, which is a very contentious issue because it is more of a, has a cultural basis in Korea. But there have been K-pop artists that have felt that discrimination, such as um, Alex from BP Rihanna, who there were other reasons for leaving the group that were sometimes her fault. But there is a problem with colorism in the K-pop industry, and there is definitely there has been racist incidents in the K-pop industry, like Hwasa doing blackface. That's something that we can't forget and sweep under the rug. That is something that people should get mad about because it is a form of mockery. And I just think that we need to learn when to get outraged about something. Because if we get outraged about, like, he wore cornrows in a way that isn't at all very mocking, to be completely honest, they were they looked really good, actually. They were really cool. And instead, focus on the issues such as Fossa doing blackface and other artists doing blackface, because those issues are racism and cultural appropriation that need to be addressed. That... I feel like companies need to educate themselves on before allowing their artists to do such things. That's all I gotta say. I think a lot of the outrage is that the company isn't really going to fix the photos because I think a lot of other companies like um, Blackpink's, they recently had a cultural appropriation scandal with their music video. They actually eventually did change it and tweak it to get rid of that. But I think why? A lot of, yeah. My... With Blackpink, that was a very mm -hmm. specific religious issue. That's where I think these things differ. Is because religion is such a different arena in itself as far as cultural appropriation. Because that statue meant something to people. That statue is a religious symbol, if that makes sense. It should be respected in such a way. It should be performed in such a way. It's very ingrained in someone's culture to the point that it is disrespectful if you misuse it and you use it as a prop. I'm just saying a hairstyle is kind of different, and I feel like so many other artists have used such hairstyles and have not received such backlash, which of course is due to the Black Lives Matter movement. But also, it's if we start doing things like this and saying, you can't use this because A, B, C, D, E, F, G, I think it'll start erasing just the, pre the spread of Black culture global. Not erasing, but like... Black culture has spread so far globally and has been being used in global music in such a way that I just fear that if people say you cannot use it, that it might have the opposite effect of basically stemming, I guess, the flow. And I think what's so amazing about, about Black music and Black musicians is that they've had such a global influence. You know, and I just don't want to see that people saying you can't, you can't appreciate a culture and confusing appreciation with appropriation, if that makes sense. Appropriation, I believe, comes from something that has been being used in a defamatory or, or mocking kind of way, a wrong way, a way that shouldn't be used. And I believe a hairstyle being used in a respectful manner just isn't a form of appropriation. So that was an interesting take on... 80s cultural appropriation. Um, let's move on to a different set of news. Icon's recent car crash. So recently, two Icon members were into a car crash 
where they suffered minor injuries as long, along with the driver. Um, it was seen later through investigation that the driver was under the influence. And so it's bringing around questions of how ICON is going to, because there are questions of charges actually being pushed onto ICON, so, uh, the ICON members. So what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, drunk driving is a massive issue in Korea, at least, and like even in the U.S. So I think it's definitely something that should be taken seriously. And if there is a possibility that they knew that the driver was intoxicated and they didn't stop him, then that is definitely a problem. Because, you know, um, young men from AB6 left and had to apologize after he was involved in his own drunk driving kind of thing. And I think that it's a very serious issue because you're definitely in control of a vehicle that could be used to take someone else's life if handled improperly. So I think that it's a heavy situation. I think that definitely if they were found to being, I guess, accessories, I guess we would say to drunk driving, then that would be a problem. And I definitely think that it's not something that should be taken lightly as far as, oh, they didn't do anything, they were just the passengers. Because I guess there is somewhat of a responsibility for yourself to make sure that you have a designated driver who is not under the influence driving you. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's just my take. I think we just need to weigh it for more information because a lot of things are still unclear. And let's be honest, if the ICON members do get charged, it's already going to hurt ICON's already tarnished reputation with their leader leaving. I don't know. There's a lot of things like that could happen. And let's just wait for more information. I, I'm not going to make a judgment call at all. I'm just saying, like... yeah. It's a serious allegation. I'm kind of worried. Like, mm-hmm. their cancel culture is very alive in the K-pop community, which, of course, is a problem. But I think that in cases such as drunk driving and whatnot, that I lost my train of thought, but I just... Cancel culture is extremely alive in the K-pop community, which, of course, is a problem in itself. But I think that, like, people are way too... With their idols, they don't realize that they're human. And of course, like with this fan kind of complex, people are like either the idol's perfect or they're like terrible. You know, like there's sometimes no in between of people's thoughts on these other people. And sometimes we just have to realize they're human too and that they can make mistakes and do things such as drunk driving. And they're still like decent people. They're not horrible people. They just did something bad and maybe should face consequences for it. Because all these times we're like, oh, he's a devil for drunk, for like allowing drunk driving or whatever. But they're human. They're not, they can make mistakes without being the worst people in the world or the best people in the world. I feel like it's really sad that it's part of the job description that you have to appear perfect. Like, I get that it can be impressionable to young audiences and you want to be a good role model. But also, there's just... It's just sad that idols are just... There needs to be a delineation between, like, you know, idol... Because they're set up to fail, kind of, if you think about it. They're set up to be, like, these fans, like, have such faith in these idols and think, oh, they're such perfect people. They idealize them. They idolize them, literally. And, like, I think I realize this, too, as, like, a K-pop person. At the end of the day, people are people. Everyone's a person. Celebrities are people, too, and they make mistakes. And I think that, ultimately, they have to pay the prices for those mistakes. But that doesn't mean that we should be, like, we should automatically demonize them for one mistake. 
like people like Songri, we can demonize because he's a gross person, but like that got really mean really quickly. But like people that make mistakes, such as I'm not going to say Youngmin because drunk driving is kind of it's really bad. It's really it's actually okay. It's a really bad scenario there. But if you're gonna maybe drunkenly say, oh yeah, you should drive to like a drunk friend, like. They made a mistake. They maybe should pay for that with a fine or go to jail or whatever the court rules. But at the end of the day, they're people, and that we shouldn't mm-hmm. demonize them over one thing. Honestly, it it's kind of I feel like it's kind of great that idols can idols should be able to make mistakes and like grow from that. Because mm-hmm. honestly, I feel like that's a good image. Like you don't need to have the perfect image. But as long as you show fans that you can be better than your own mistakes and you can grow, I think that's also a good way, a good message to young and impressionable fans. I don't know, that's just me. The way you deal with it, yeah. Because dealing with mistakes is a big, is a big, I think, is a big part of life is how you deal with mistakes. And I feel like the best role models deal with mistakes by sincerely apologizing and changing themselves and making Mm -hmm. a public change. The bad ones, like I'm gonna even use Logan Paul as an example because in the end, he is now, a, I would say, a rather decent person. Of course, he made his mistakes in the past, but he's clearly made a change and made a reflection upon himself. Yeah, I think that's more important than having a so quote unquote perfect image. We're all human and we're all gonna make mistakes eventually in life. We just learn to forgive ourselves and move on, right? So, moving on to a little bit more, I guess, more with the times, supposedly, um, yeah. kind of news. Lily Hori, um, she is a very famous singer, and she recently went to a karaoke bar, a uh, karaoke, uh, with uh, another, a member of Girls' Generation, Yuna, I believe, and those two were hanging out and they started live streaming themselves at the karaoke um a lot of the fans pointed out that they weren't wearing masks and that with coronavirus it was kind of irresponsible for them as role models so let's get talking to business honestly i feel being like in america, yeah. being stuck in america at this time gives me such a different perspective on this like, I feel like in countries that have, like, been coronavirus, it's, it's, it's definitely less of a fresh wound. I mean, it's, it's still a fresh wound, but literally in this country, we're gaining, I think, 70,000 cases a day now, or something to that matter, which is terrifying. And, you know, it's just, as a, from a country that literally has people with, that don't want to wear a mask because they truly believe that it's a political statement, et cetera, et cetera, it hits a bit harder, but... Again, I think it was a mistake. It was three people in a room. Worst and, case yeah. scenario is they all get it and they pass it on to other people. And let's be I honest, just, they wore masks. They said they wore masks coming in. And oh, they, yeah. And with these karaoke places, these are like private rooms, rooms right? Yeah. Like, I get that they probably don't sanitize stuff, but that the karaoke place should be sanitizing the area anyway. And, and also, yeah. that's like a restaurant policy in the U.S. at least. Like people, I've seen people literally like sit down at restaurants in open air without masks on, and that's like okay apparently. It's just me saying things. <laughs> but as long as they wore a mask on the way to the room, I I get that people might want to see them wear masks, like just to promote it as like public figures because it's a it's a good way to promote them. But at the same time, like 
I don't think it was like a mortal sin, if that makes sense. So with the recent AOA bullying scandal, there's actually been another scandal that's come out. Um, this group is from a very small company. Um, I haven't really heard of them either. Uh, they're called I Love. All I know is that they got a lot of um, publicity because one of the members was Chen from EXO's cousin. That's all I know. So anyway, I Love is a small girl group from a very small company. Um, and one of the former members, Mina, coincidentally enough, talked about being a victim of bullying from the other members. The agency actually denied said allegations and she's actually still signed on to the agency and the company was actually thinking about solo promotions for her. Um, so, and then anyway, the other members of the group is actually being re-auditioning and re-debuting into a new group, Bodo Pass. So right now, she, um, the former member is talking about the bullying allegations, saying she won't talk to her company, only through her lawyer. She actually has a YouTube channel right now, and she talked about her story through there. So what are your thoughts? It, her post on social media was really intense, um, to say the least. Um, but I don't know. It's like a he said, she said situation, kind of. Like, there's... I honestly, I, I want to believe that Mina is telling the truth, you know, and of course, like I, I will think that she, I will believe her until proven wrong. But at the same time, it's just a weird situation when the company fires back and says that they're doing all these things, and it just makes it more confused. Because clearly, like in her post, I feel like it was definitely just really dramatic, if that makes sense. And I'm not saying it shouldn't have been. I'm just saying, like, just the way it's been handled on both sides makes it hard to believe either side at this point. Like, there's definitely a truth somewhere in the middle. And, like, I definitely feel bad for her because she's clearly, like, suffering. She says that she has, like, depression, panic disorder, and insomnia, which are, of course, mental health and K-pop issues. We all know that that never... that it's very prevalent to have such disorders in this industry. But I don't know. It just is really a sad situation, I think. Because at this rate, I feel like everyone's just forming their own opinions, and somewhere in between there is a truth. I think that ultimately we should believe Mina, or we should at least take both sides of a grain of salt for now and weigh both what the company and what Mina is saying. Because I think that. Posting on social media in general, like, is a very interesting way to put yourself out there. Of course, it's very, like, emotional, it's very raw, it's very visceral, like Mina from AOA did. But the one difference with this is FNC took responsibility, and it was a very clearly long thing that's been going on. And it seemed like other people very well knew about the situation, if that makes sense. Well, in this case scenario, this Mina from I Love, like, it doesn't seem like this was such a long, a long-standing thing. Like it seems like the company is against every statement that she's making, and like at one point, it's like, why would the company like try to cover everything up like this? Like, why wouldn't they just be like apologizing like FNC and moving on? So I don't know. I th I think okay. So the thing is with smaller companies is that this scandal thing 
I only saw like a few articles mm-hmm. about it. It wasn't really that public like AOA. I think it's mainly because it's from a smaller group that's not as well known and from a very smaller company. I think smaller companies can get away with some scandals because they aren't already in the spotlight. And assuming this is true, they assuming this is whole true. I, again, like I said, it's a he said, she said scenario and it's take it with a grain of salt. Like there is some business about it, some business reason that they deny it. They really don't have that much spotlight on them. And so it really wouldn't hurt them as much, but I'm not entirely sure. It's a very interesting scenario. I haven't read a, ter- a terrible lot into this, but it just seems very messy, if that makes sense. Like, it's just it's like a ping pong match kind of between Mina, the company, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And what really, yeah, what really bothers me is that she's still signed on to the company. Yeah, that's the next fishy thing. And the company's preparing like solo promotions for her so i'm not entirely but she sure claimed that she here. never heard about the solo promotions and again here i don't it, it kind of looks like the company is trying to cover it up almost because she said that she never heard about the social promotions which of course could just be her i don't know i just feel like there's i can't really take a side in the situation because it's just so Confusing, and it seems there's a lot of yeah. It's it's so messy. There's so many misunderstandings, and like the thing about her not hearing about it. Granted, she's only talking to the company through her lawyer. There's this middleman here, and so there's bound to be misunderstandings and a lot of things happening. Yeah, I don't know. I just like why would she still be signed on with the company? You know, um, like clearly she's suffering. She said that she couldn't like eat, and she was stuck at I think 38 kilograms, which is really light really 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 late um like most k-pop idols i would say are about like 40 to 42 just like in general but yeah it's really bad conclusion it's messy yeah we can't make an opinion on this because even us we don't know who's telling the truth and what the truth is so on to lighter things do you want to introduce us our new our latest last topic to talk about <laughs> Idolist JYP's new idea to make its content more appealing. And I feel like last last podcast we were saying like the K-pop industry needs to change and stuff to garner more attention, to garner more views, to keep this BTS phenomenon going, or however you want to call it. But this is their solution to that. So instead of bringing in like new more diverse a new more diverse set of idols, which I think would be the proper solution, they're choosing to bring in a new more diverse set of basically producers is what I like to call this or like people that would give input into the concepts of the idols the um basically just the comebacks in themselves and morph the k-pop sound if that makes sense but the one caveat to this is they don't have to be in marketing they don't have to be in directing or any sort of industry involved that Specifically on their website, they give the example of like a pianist or a scientist being able to be an idolist. Um, so this is where I'm like, let me get to the website really quickly because I want to read this. The only requirement to be an idolist, a said idolist, and this website is really jinky, so excuse me, <laughs> is basically to be 
someone that wants to change the sound of K-pop, which you're like, okay, so no age restriction, no education restriction. No, literally just to be someone who really likes K-pop and who wants to make their mark on it, which brings in the concern, of course, if you don't have qualifications, what? And basically, eligibility, I'm going to read it. Anyone who wants to be an idolist, first of all, this doesn't make sense. But also, I'm guessing you have to be an adult because they do have required documents and stuff. And this is a job because you do get, it says on the bottom, you get a JYP entertainment regular job, the opportunity to work with JYP artists, and they provide you lunch and dinner at a certain restaurant, basically. You get insurance, et cetera, et cetera, comprehensive health checkup and vaccine, et cetera, et cetera. So you get all this stuff, basically a full-time job, the benefits you usually of a job. And they misspelled pianist, but I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not going to say anything about that, but... <laughs> I prefer saying pianist. Pianist. No. Okay, but anyway, this kind of brings out Saesongs. Saesongs could totally take advantage of the situation. Like, Twice is still dealing with the stalker issue. So I'm not entirely sure how they're going to vet mm-hmm. their idolists. I don't know. What's more fishy to me is that they deleted the original post on Twitter and then re-uploaded it Ooh. because of the heat it was getting. Because of the heat it was getting from the fans, especially the Agassis. I think that's what they got seven fans. Yeah, they were getting a lot of heat from them because they were like, "Why are you doing this? We want better promotions for Got Seven, etc., etc., etc." So that's. I literally looked all at the comments. It's just literally got seven things going off. And it's so off. vague. Okay, so I'm I'm on the next page of it, and this is all like a translation from Google Translate, since I think the website's only in Korean, which makes sense, but still. Um, so basically, what is on this page of the applications, like name, day of birth, like normal stuff, then submission materials, and basically as a part where you choose the JYP artist you want to write the next comeback album plan for, which of course itself is raising eyebrows. And then you attach the file with it, whatever, whatever. Then you basically just consent to the use of all this information you apply. Think about how little that is. And just the way it sounds is that it's just just such little vetting, you know? And it's like JYP trying to say, oh, we're trying to make us, we're, we're trying to diversify our sound without diversifying the people in the groups. The problem isn't the K-pop sound because the K-pop sound has proven to be very popular. The problem is the groups themselves and how the lack of diversity and this kind of constructed perfectionism that is very appealing, but to some end. There is, it isn't appealing to everyone and it definitely won't garner as many fans as groups like BTS and EXO got. So the question is, why are they doing this? And I have not been able to find any information on this other than the very little they gave on the YouTube video and the website. And it just seems like a dumpster fire waiting to happen because I get that they're going to try to choose the people with the best plans. But when you have these people working with the artists, that's when it becomes like I don't feel like these people are applying for the right reasons, if that makes sense. Most of them are probably applying to be buddy-buddy with their favorite idol or something. Yeah, I agree. Well, we'll just see how this goes, because let's be honest, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm slightly amused, just slightly amused about how <laughs> this will be handled, especially with the GOT7 fans like really going after JYP, but you know. Not to mention this website was like slapped together very quickly, because it looks very- I'm scared. It's such a weird cop-out, too, because JYP is like, we don't want to change our idols, which are clearly, like, 
what people want to see more diversity in the K-pop industry. Like, not even racial diversity, just, like, as far as looks and sizes and shapes and voices go. But, like, oh, God, it's such a weird cop-out to that that call from fans. And please focus on GOT7. Like, come on. Come on, JYP. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll update you guys as we find out more information because we're definitely invested in figuring this out. So now we're on our last section, Dynamics of K-Pop, and we actually have a guest with us today. His name is Michael, and he'll be joining us while we talk about our uh, this week's topic, coronavirus' impact on the K-Pop community. So, Yina, I want to start us so, off. So, my big thing with coronavirus and K-Pop is, I don't know, but like the music stages without any like fans is just definitely really eerie. It's taken a lot of the personality out of k-pop especially with like these online concerts which i really don't like a lot i just don't like the concept of having to see a concert online and all these k-pop are just like getting caught up in scandals it's really upsetting kind of because like you know like jungkook and cha unwoo from astro and jungkook from bts um they got in trouble for that earlier and uh who did recently i think Hyori and someone from SNSD did and it's like I feel like people are this has opened up a new gateway to people finding new things to attack idols for yeah definitely and like it's kind of interesting that a lot of the tours because actually I was about to go visit um LA for an Eric Nam uh concert but that got canceled because of coronavirus so thinking about all these tours being canceled it's like a majority of the idols income is being wiped away just like everyone else i mean that's if they make income <laughs> true true same year i actually had i actually bought tickets um for um for concerts uh for bts and then when they got canceled i'm like yeah okay but <laughs> like it, i could see that with this coronavirus situation um i think the communication has been a little bit uh, cut off, but at the same time, with BTS, they uh, said in one of their videos that they'll still be connected uh, to their army uh, always. <laughs> they did a great job um, engaging fans, I feel like, and that's like another big thing about them. And at the same time, with um, BTS's website, like you know, like when you get their albums and they have like these um, sweepstakes. Yeah. Um, yeah. with those like uh, when it says like to go online and you could like redeem them, redeem them. Um, it it's apparently offline oh. right now, uh, and they're because they're trying to do something. Like if I were to go on it right now, um, it would say we're we're doing something in the meanwhile, and it will be pretty soon. Uh, sorry for the inconvenience or something mm -hmm. like that. That's interesting. They're up to something. I'm interested to see what they come up with. Especially like I, I got tickets to the um, their concert in Chicago, and it's apparently postponed, which is interesting because they haven't announced any more dates yet. Because like Monster X announced new dates for their tour in like mid, I would say mid to early 2021. So like I'm just waiting to see like if they really try to reschedule, because first of all, those tickets were really expensive. Um, <laughs> I'm really sad. <laughs> I'm sure you can. I just I'm holding on hope onto hope because I'm going to go to college hopefully up there that um, they'll have a rescheduled date maybe next year. Hopefully, I don't know. Coronavirus is making like a lot of these K-pop companies be a lot more 
I guess in novel, creative, yeah, creative. creative in their ways of connecting to their audiences and just promoting themselves. Because I know Blackpink's comeback was pushed back a lot because of coronavirus, rumors say. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just like there are new ways of promoting, like with the, the Beyond concert series and other things. Like, I feel like the industry has to, like, change, kind of, to accommodate for that. Especially with, like, all these big, massive tours that were cancelled. And also not to mention, like, just the fact that K-pop is such is an industry based off of fan interaction. Like, all these music shows in which fans are in attendance. Like, all these fan signs being cancelled. All these, like, face-to-face interactions that really fuel, like, the industry in general and fan bases are being taken away from fans. And it's it really is... I feel like gonna impact the groups that can't figure out ways to connect especially like bts does it perfectly but other groups like smaller groups with smaller companies and followings like it's gonna be hard to garner to gain such a big fan base and to maintain their fan base if they can't properly communicate over social media Yeah, i agree and like communication has always been an issue amongst i guess groups and international fans with the language barrier and it's just getting a lot harder with coronavirus just halting everything when you learn korean just so you can understand bts in their v lives ha 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 that was what i did that's kind of sad i understand like 50 percent of it <laughs> i can understand about 50 percent of it now it's pretty impressive i gotta say <laughs> But yeah, that's, I, I feel like that's, like, since Korea is doing so much better than, like, the U.S. with coronavirus, like, it's a lot better. And I feel like the K-pop industry will definitely gain steam again, unlike the U.S., which is diving deeper into this endless pit of sor- sorrow. Um, but I feel like one day K-pop will return to normal. I feel like already they're still filming, like, these variety shows and TV shows just with masks on and other precautions. And I feel like very well so by the end of this year, if not early next year, K-pop will be back to normal, hopefully. I feel like it's also the culture, right? Because they're used to wearing masks with... Like, a lot That's of Asian countries are really used to wearing masks. Definitely And also the collectivist... Yeah, the collectivist mindset. They just attacked it really like, aggressively early on, which led mm-hmm. them to get really good results in the end. And I mean, they're still attacking people not wearing masks aggressively. Yeah. Like, we've seen that with Lee Hyori and the 97 liners. In, and with the, um, remember when there was an outbreak in, I think the outbreak initially started in Busan, right? Um, they immediately attacked that area. I remember, like, the whole, like, scandal with the alleged cult in the area and stuff spreading the virus. And that was really, they started aggressively testing the area around Busan and everyone that had been to Busan. So like that type of response definitely benefited them. And that's why their their entertainment industry is seeing such a great benefit from um, the lower amount of of COVID cases is because they can resume recording music videos like BTS and other groups are doing. And they can continue recording music and TV shows without it being a massive risk. Yeah, thank goodness, thank goodness they can. And it keeps their fans alive. It keeps their, well, engagement, their, well, practically big hits, um, uh, oh, money alive at least. Like, uh, how much they get? They're, yeah, they're the monetary income. Cash. I can't even imagine how much money that company makes. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's so much money. I mean, but now they're working on new music, so I think it's good. It's a, it's a trade-off though. I feel like now we'll, we'll see a lot more artists release music now that they're not going on tours as much. And that's a good thing, I think, like expanding their repertoire, especially for Blackpink, who spent a lot of last year touring. Um, now they're going to probably have a lot more time to work on their solo albums that are supposedly coming out and um, their current album, which I'm really excited for. I'm so excited for the, a full, the first full Blackpink album. If there's a remix, I'm gonna be so... YG has done Blackpink so dirty, and that would just be an insult. But it's nice to have, like, after that drought of comebacks, like, so many comebacks happening. It's insane. Yeah. I remember there was, like, a month where there was, like, no comebacks. It was the most depressing thing ever. Or that might have just been because BTS had a comeback. I don't know, but still. <laughs> <laughs> they avoid BTS comebacks now in like the k-pop industry like a plague i swear like no k-pop group will come back those same week bts is coming back and that is all for our podcast i'd like to thank michael for guesting and you guys too for listening in wherever you are around the world and on whatever platform you chose so feel free to share this episode with family and friends and be sure to stay tuned for our next inside scoop